Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle. He don't ever get rattled. He just goes to the sun goes down. Welcome to Food Chat. This is your host, Greg Bloom, and I am so excited to bring another edition of Food Chat. What is Food Chat? Food Chat is about reconnecting you to your food. Where does your food come from? How does it get produced? These are the questions that we try to answer on Food Chat. You can check out all of our past episodes over the last year. At foodchat.us, we interview farmers, ranchers, restaurant owners, all kinds of people that have something to do with the food that you eat. So if you're a foodie and you like to eat food, uh, this is the show for you. And I'm glad to be in studio today with Scott Watley. Hello, Scott. Good to see you, Greg. Yeah, good to see you. Food, what a great topic. Hey, it's a topic (laughs) dear and dear to my heart. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, you know, you think about, I was thinking the other day just, I was did a show with the doctor, and we were just talking about our diet and what we eat. And then you th- you look at maybe what all you consume in just a week's time of the different variety and different qualities of food and all that. And really, until you started this show, I'm going to be honest, I never really thought that much. Now, I'm a hunter, so I get my meat. I know where that comes from. Right. But anything else, I never really considered till you started, you know, being on the radio and uh so you gave me a lot to think about personally as well well i think that most people are like that because we're so spoiled actually blessed in this country to mm-hmm. have ample food we're not a food insecure nation we produce a lot of our food there's companies around the co- countries around the world um you know in the eu and even like japan uh south korea they they have to import most of their food right their food what they call that food insecure but uh, they're they're more interested in where their food's coming from because it's being imported so they're a little more picky about. But here we're spoiled. You know, we sure. we have so much food. We waste a lot of food, you know, because this food's pretty cheap, you know. Right. But, yeah, we're, you know, and that's just the way it is, I think, I mean, for most people. All take it for granted. All the different apps out there now. I mean, we can be sitting here in this studio. We can hit an app, and in 15, 20 minutes, we can have pretty much about any type of food we want delivered to this store. Yeah, that's that, right. That is spoiled. That's right. Yeah, even <laughs> ethnic food, even, you know, yeah. weird food that you wouldn't think you could get. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. It's true. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, we're blessed to have a country that is like that. But, you know, I think that uh, there's still a lot to know about food, even though we take it for granted, mm-hmm. uh, how it gets produced. And, you know, I grew up on a farm, and we produced a lot of our own food, and the farms around us produce food. So that's where I learned about food production. In fact, um, I wrote a book uh, 10 years ago, and I'm not encouraging people to read this book. It's not even in print anymore, so that's not why I mentioned <laughs> it. But it was called Lost Lessons from Life on the Farm. And it was an anthology, meaning there was 20 chapters written by 20 different people, all who grew up on a farm, and the lessons that we learned growing up on a farm, like hard work, uh, you know, oh. how to take care of animals. Um, this Every person had a different uh, uh, story. But uh, my story was just about, you know, how hard it is to get food on the table because mm-hmm. I was raising pigs and chickens and we had an organic garden and I was the weeder. I had to weed. Have you ever had to weed a garden, Scott? <laughs> I have not. It is not fun. <laughs> no. Especially when you're a kid. Your I'm dad trust you. Gives you a hoe or, you know, use your hands and go pull all those weeds. That's not Ugh. fun. So I think all people should be involved somewhat in raising food, you know, even if mm-hmm. you just have a 
vegetable container garden in your backyard and you know, buy a plant at Home Depot or something sure. and try to try to get your tomatoes to grow. To it's grow hard it. work. And then you're more sympathetic to these farmers, you know, mm -hmm. who actually do this for a living. Because a lot has to go right. A lot has to go that, right. You know. Yeah. And, you know, coming up here on Food Chat, I'm going to check in next week with my friend Michael Hirakata, who's been raising melons in the southwest part of the state, uh, Rocky, at the Rocky Ford area. He raises uh, cantaloupes and watermelons. But the heat and the hail this year hurt his mm -hmm. yields. You know, and like, that's, you know, everybody, oh, we love the hot weather. Well, yeah, but... It's great, but you know, if you're growing a crop, it can really sure. can hurt you. So, and all the rain we had, and all the rain is good in certain regards. But yeah. then, as much as we got, I don't yeah. know how that affected everything. Either. Yeah, yeah. Very few of us are really dependent on our livelihood for the weather, like a farmer is. Yeah, but, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Let's talk about eating out a little bit. Um, now, you uh, service restaurants. You sell to restaurants, but I assume. You probably go through the back door of the restaurant, through the kitchen, and talk to chefs and people that way. When we're going in the front door, probably a lot different um, scene that we see from going in the front door to the back door. Yeah, I mean, the front of the house is where they want to impress you with you come in and you're just awed by whatever the number of TV screens, if it's a you know sports bar <laughs> or, uh, you know, just whatever. And then the back of the house, you know, not so much. I mean, it's more about functionally. It's a commercial kitchen, mm -hmm. so it's not as showy. Um, and the floors are always wet and slippery. You have to be very careful when you're walking in with, with me because the floors are always slick, you know. Right. In fact, I've almost slipped and broke my ankle a few times. But, yeah, I'm in seeing chefs. I've been doing this for 30 years. I call it dragging the bag. I have a sample bag or I'm just in there to see the chef. And, uh, you know, restaurants um, – I think it's really interesting for people to think about restaurants right now. They're they're struggling, they're struggling. So I would encourage people find a local restaurant that you mm -hmm. like, and you want to see them stay in business and go there, uh, because they're struggling. They're struggling because of food costs. Sure. You know that same food inflation that we're seeing in the retail store, they're seeing in their food bill, and their labor costs. They have to pay, pay people more and more mm -hmm. and more to keep them there. And you see restaurants now, they're desperate. And I don't like this practice, but have you seen a restaurant where they're, they're mandatory putting tips on the bill? Oh, I know. I mean, if you use a card, it'll come up to tip, and it, it won't even give you an option no. for a no tip. No. It'll go 15, 20, yep. 25. And you can't get out of the no. <laughs> mode of the <laughs> little screen pad unless you hit some. And you want to take care of people. Yeah. But I mean... I agree with you. Yeah, I don't like that practice where they're just adding. Some restaurants are adding a kitchen fee to the bill right now, a dollar for the kitchen staff. Or, really? Uh, just, they're just trying to pass on any way they can their high food costs. So I'm sympathetic to that. But at the same time, I, I don't like being hustled. You know, like, for example, you go to a quick serve place mm -hmm. like Quadoba or Chipotle or something like that. See, I don't know that they deserve a tip. Right. You know, but they, they want you to tip. You give them the screen. They pass the screen around. Even a coffee shop, right? Oh, coffee shop, you're buying a 3 $4, $5 cup of coffee, <laughs> and you feel obligated. The guy's standing right there with the puppy dog eyes, you know, sure. looking at you. And you know they're going to spit in your coffee if you don't tip them. Right? <laughs> so you're like, okay, I'll give them a buck. Yeah, that know? is pre-made. <laughs> yeah, that is before it gets yeah. around the corner. I don't, I don't trust yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I always give a buck just so they're not spitting my coffee. Sure. <laughs> but I kind of despise that, like, forced tipping that. but i get it because if you're the owner it's really hard they're not getting mm -hmm. rich a lot of restaurants are struggling yeah. yeah what do you think i mean what is let's take tipping for a minute what is the approach well you know 20 percent has kind of always kind of been a standard i think yeah to a lot of people 
but do you really do it on on you know the service or do you have a minimum at a restaurant what do you do i don't tip 20 percent at a quick serve place yeah, or if i'm going to that. starbucks and ordering off the app i don't tip yeah you know because those people make pretty good money sure they have good benefits Starbucks takes care of their people. But, well, you're already paying five bucks for a cup of coffee. So what, what, what else do you need? You know, is it going to be? We're eight? the one that needs a tip. Yeah, we what need are you tip. doing? Yeah, yeah. Go to McDonald's. That's a buck. <laughs> that's the tip. But I think in general at a full service restaurant where that wait person is paid less per hour because mm-hmm. they know he's going to get tips, he or she is right. going to get tips, then, yeah, I think 20% is adequate, you yeah. know. If you get good service, and if you get really bad service, then yeah, you'd you'd have less. And you could even, I think people should even have a conversation when they get bad service with the wait person and say, listen, I feel a little bit weird about tipping you 20% because our food was slow, you were slow to serve, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good conversation to have because sometimes the wait person is going to say, you know what? We had a person call off. I'm covering twice as many tables as normal. Mm-hmm. I'm usually covering six tables. I'm covering 13 right now. Right. And just someone called off. No one wants to work anymore nights and weekends for, you know, sure. 15 bucks an hour I plus know. tips. Go figure. You know, it's just the country we're in now. So yep. I think then you're more sympathetic like, yeah, okay, I get it. I'll, I'll give you 20 percent even though mm-hmm. you didn't deserve it but maybe, maybe he did he or she you know so but i agree with you we need to support our local restaurants because i mean you look at back these last few years man i mean there were i mean lifelong family restaurants been in business decades yeah that lost everything and these yeah. people are just trying to have a business too yeah and they're servicing debt now so mm-hmm. a lot of those restaurants got that first round of ppp loans that was forgiven but the second round wasn't forgiven or they got the sba 30-year loan a lot of them got that right there, there's hundreds of thousands of restaurants even the big chains that you wouldn't think would get money they got money too but they're all servicing that debt now mm-hmm. so they're paying back that loan so yeah i mean we need to be sympathetic so you know some restaurants hey they deserve to go under <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the food is bad or <laughs> service is bad or the whole concept is bad. You're like, what franchise magazine were you reading I know. when you decided to, this was a good idea? Exactly. You know, suckers, they signed up for some stupid idea, you know. But uh, some restaurants are great. All right. While we're on restaurants, let's talk about menus a little bit and what you read on menus as far as selection of food. And sometimes, you know, hey, we all got our favorite steak places and, um, you know, even some burger places. We'll talk about burgers here in a minute. But um you'll see different claims on there of fish flown in daily or grass-fed you know beef um yep i don't think any of us ever think about i wonder if that's true (laughs) right yeah well i think that's a good point scott that we should be more discerning and less gullible when it comes to restaurant menu claims and ask questions and keep them accountable. So if you're in a restaurant and you go in and you see, oh, all their burgers are grass, 100% grass-fed beef. Well, probably not because grass-fed beef is expensive and, and or it's imported, you know, and it's not very good. It came in frozen. So, or our fish is flown in daily. I think you should ask the server, hey, you know, uh, how does that actually work? Like, are you guys going to the airport and picking up fish? Or do you, how does that work, you know? Or, you know, um, people wouldn't want to be this bold, very few people, but you could even ask, hey, can you show me the label off the box that says this beef is grass-fed beef? Go go print me the – come and show me the box label because mm-hmm. if it is, the box label will probably say it, you know, grass-fed beef. Right. But there's so many claims. The, my favorite one is, you know, go out to L.A. Uh, to see family, and I do a little business out there. 
in L.A., it's kind of common to see that the beef is Kobe beef, Kobe beef. Well, that would be beef from Kobe, Japan, you know. Well, it's not because if it was, it would cost like $500 a plate, <laughs> you know, and it's only on the menu for $80 or $90. So that's a claim. But I think that we should be more discerning and more ask more questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe do you think like if you asked the server at a local restaurant about, you know, a menu claim, do you think they have the only answer? No. I don't think so. But they can go ask the chef, and even if they come back and say, we don't know, or we can't show you the box label, that's going to work its way up later to the manager or the food buyer and say, you know, hey, people are asking to sure. us to verify this claim. of one, one big claim that they discovered years ago was totally fraudulent in a lot of the restaurants. This was a report done in Florida by a Florida magazine, a newspaper magazine company. They, they found the local claim. All of our vegetables are local. All of our beef is local. Our chicken is local. Everything's local. <laughs> well, that's a good question. If you see that local claim, ask, where do you buy this from? Who is the rancher? Or where do you get, who's your supplier? And most mm-hmm. of the time you're like, they can't, you know, it's, it's, not, right. lo- it's not local. Or and, they, can't, they can't prove it's and local. And probably grocery stores, you go back to your meats counter and ask the same type of questions. Most would most of those folks know? No, they wouldn't know because they they don't know. But even like right now in all the – it's summertime and all the local produce is in the stores and they have the pictures of the local producer, you know, there. Well, they buy some from him once mm-hmm. in a while, him or her, that family. But then like, for example, I was in um, a Kroger store yesterday looking for local watermelons. And they're not there yet. All the watermelons are from out of state. Well, there is local watermelons here available, but they're just not buying them because they're too expensive. So they're buying the out of state ones. So wow. you know, these I think people are like, hey, I want to. You, you, yeah, this family's picture here. How come their produce isn't in the store? It's summertime. You know, I think that's a good question to ask. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You said you went to a pretty cool event recently, uh, the Denver. Burger Battle. Yeah, that's Tell a great event. That. Everybody should go to that event one time. It's an annual event, first week of August, downtown Denver. It's produced by an event company that puts this on to make money, but it's fun. They have uh, between 25 and 30 restaurants a year there that have paid to be there that are cooking up burgers, and they all compete with each other. So you, as a participant, uh, I, you know, I, I've gone six years in a row, and I, I went, you pay 80 bucks to get in the door, and for that, you get all of the burgers you can eat in three hours. So you go stand in line at each little station <laughs> and they give you a quarter of a whole burger. Okay. You know, but honestly, you can't eat 30 quarters. <laughs> start to say, no. <laughs> Four quarters eat it no. equal a burger, man. You, yeah. you just take a bite, you yeah. take a bite, and then uh, if it's really good, you'll eat the whole Now, quarter. is it with a lot of condiments and stuff yeah. on it too? Yeah. Or is it just, you're just tasting the pure no, meat? No, okay. no. It's the whole burger experience. Okay. So the bun and the, and the, and the, a lot of them use jam now the thing this year the theme was like a sweet sour taste they're Mm. using a jam that's got sweet a lot of sweet some of them were too sweet um one of them this year i didn't think this was a good idea and i didn't like it but you know those candies those those candies they're like uh what's it called that cat that pop candy that you put in your mouth like rocks yeah that the rock candy and it pops (laughs) because it's got carbon dioxide in it well one competitor thought it'd be a good idea to put this all over the burger you know, and it was a bad burger. It was I don't know which bur- place did that, but they didn't win. <laughs> so you go around and eat for three hours all these different burgers, and they have a lot of beverages too there to, to wash it down with. Um, that's all included. And there's a local band playing uh, music. And where's this held at? It's at the um, 
the park that's right next to the Tivoli Brewery in on the Metropolitan State University campus. Gotcha. Okay. It's there every Down off Auraria Parkway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great place because parking's pretty easy there with all the parking garages and stuff. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And this year, there's a, there's a Judge's Choice and a People's Choice Award. So mm-hmm. you get a wooden nickel when you go in. You eat 30 burgers, and then you put the wooden nickel in whatever house. There's a bunch of little houses, little little houses on a, in a booth you go to and you just drop the wooden nickel in the house you're voting for you know wow. and so yeah so it's it's mostly local independent family-owned restaurants no chains were there mcdonald's isn't there carl's okay. jr isn't there uh in and out burger these are all locally owned restaurants so all of them are restaurants that you want to go support mm-hmm. and they're all given coupons for hey come on in and have our burger and get 20 percent off your order or whatever or get a free drink or whatever so but the, the the winner this year for the sixth year in a row was the cherry cricket so the cherry cricket has three stores in the denver metro area the originals in cherry creek there's one across the street from coors field on downtown right. and there's a new one in littleton on main street in littleton and so you can go there right now and have the winning burger it's phenomenal it was wow. really good you know, you look at all the different food choices we have, but, man, sometimes there's nothing like just a good burger. Yeah. That's right. And I we mean, love good burgers. Yeah. Americans love Well, you think about the number of concepts that we have just in this city, but anywhere, anywhere in this country uh, that focus on burgers and beer. That's the winning combination. I mean, Red Robin, that they're a national chain. They, they're all about that. They, mm-hmm. they sell good burgers, and they sell beer and but a lot of restaurants you know burgers pay the bills most people don't realize that burgers beef burgers pay the bills at most restaurants they keep the lights on a, a busy restaurant will use 30 40 50 cases a week of of burgers so hey we're a burger country we love burgers yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you're listening to food chat and once again boy this has been a, a just a, a great great show that uh, greg uh, has put together here and and as he said, you know, just getting you kind of in touch with food and just giving all of us, I mean, myself included, that's just the education side of food and, um, you know, where it comes from. And, hey, it's okay to ask questions if you go in a restaurant. Hey, I hope you'll do that. I'm going to try that and just see. I'm just interested to see what, you know, feedback they'll give. Yeah. And, and people should do that, Scott, not just at uh, restaurants, but at the retail meat case. When you go into that retail meat case, because that's where most people buy their meat. Most people buy their meat mm-hmm. in retail meat case. Ask questions. Ring the bell. And, uh, you know, look for those local options. Even in the big chain stores, there are local options, like locally small family-owned companies that have their meat in that. And, uh, you know, you c- their name is on there. And th- those are the ones you want to buy and support, yeah. you know. But yeah. uh, but ask questions. You know, like, how do you know this beef's organic? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can ask it in a fun way sure. not like you're shining yeah not a critical not, way you don't have to take the light above the table and shine it in their no, face no be go. more like colombo <laughs> you know be more like colombo you know this, hey, I, yeah, hey this sounds like a dumb question but i'm just, just wondering thinking about yeah this. just think, yeah just just the the peter falk method you know like colombo yeah that's a better way to do it all right Hey, let's talk about chicken just a little bit. Uh, one thing that you know you introduced us was air chilled chicken. Yeah. Again, explain that process. And are there any restaurants that, in your opinion, have that? Yeah. So I did a show last week on air chilled chicken, and I do have coming up here on Food Chat a, a owner of an air chilled chicken plant coming up um, the next few weeks. So okay. look for that. But air chilled chicken is chicken that is chilled by air instead of with water and so the carcass has to get chilled 
after it's slaughtered. And so the air chilled method is way better in terms of taste because mm-hmm. the chicken doesn't go in this yucky bath water that's brackish <laughs> and full of yuck, you know. So, but to answer your question, I know of no restaurant chain that's using air chilled chicken because it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's, and think about it. What, how does a normal restaurant chain serve chicken? What do they do to the chicken? How do they prepare it in the restaurant? Bread they yeah. bread it, and then they fry it. Yeah. And so when you bread it and fry it, you really covered up the taste that you would benefit from air-chilled chicken. If you're at home, hey, go buy a piece of air-chilled chicken at Costco or Whole Foods, or if you can find the package that says air-chilled chicken, or our sponsor, RanchFreshMeats.com. We sell air-chilled chicken there. And um, you will notice if you do a taste test at home, just grill it on mm-hmm. your barbecue or just grill it the same, but don't put a lot of sauce on it. Don't deep fry it. You'll notice the difference. No, no. I mean, I'm telling you, when you introduced us a few years back, I and my wife eats a lot of chicken. I mean, yeah, it was unbelievable, the taste difference. And, again, you get used to running in a, you know, grocery store, and they've got those, I don't know, those all those chickens they've already done. You just pick one of them. Rotisserie chickens. Yeah. Different thing. Oh, man. When you eat the air-chilled chicken versus that, son. If if all of the listeners would have this chance, and they won't, so just believe me, I've been in many of the big, huge chicken plants that that do water chilled chicken. If you could see the water, you would not you would not eat it. You would like no. I'm not putting that in my mouth. I might mm-hmm. give it to my dog to eat, but I'm going to eat air chilled chicken. So that's pretty available right now, and I would encourage people to buy it at home. But in the food service, now nah, it's all cheaper. It's just cheap chicken that they're breading mm-hmm. and frying. I mean, look at all the chicken wing restaurant chains and then all these people that Chick-fil-A, what do they do? They deep fry everything. KFC, they deep fry everything. So it's going to get covered up with breading oil and sauce anyway. Yeah, so exactly. they're buying cheap <laughs> stuff. Yeah, That's why I don't eat that. I don't eat that stuff, Scott. I don't put that stuff in my uh, uh, no. body. It's gross. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. <laughs> we yeah. just ruined everybody's Have a pizza. lunch coming up. Yeah, Guys are pulling into wing places right now and now they don't want to eat hey you know what some some enterprising chain out there local probably will make a lot of money um promoting air chilled chicken and educating consumers on what that means but it would take that it It would take take educating it would take them but they could do it they we Mm -hmm. got social media now you could do youtube videos on it why why should you spend another 50 cents on our chicken meal because mm-hmm. it's air chilled. And what does that mean? That would be a good way to differentiate from the, hey, I'll bet we'll see that soon. Probably because of this podcast. Probably because show. of this show. Yeah, someone's going to like, hey, <laughs> hey I, and, there's and a if, niche. And if you know a restaurant owner out there, tell them about it. And I'll tell you what, Greg would probably be willing to help them out yeah. with the marketing side of that. Yeah, I can even it. tell them where to get my air chilled chicken. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, you mentioned, though, um, cantaloupe, watermelon, all that. I mean, what do you see in that season? And you're going to have a gentleman on, you said? Yeah, Michael okay. Hiracata. He's been on Food Chat before, but it was over a year ago. And I talked to him yesterday, and he's going to be coming on here soon. He's just right in the middle of harvesting these. And I said, hey, are your watermelons available in in the stores yet, Luck, here on the Front Range? And he said, uh, yeah, li- limited. Depends on the store. But his cantaloupes, he's harvesting next week. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him about his yields, and he goes, not good. The The hail, we had some hail early on that stunted them hurt the mine and then the heat has been too hot yeah, yeah. yeah. so but they're they're local so um yeah we got we have him coming on and then i have um uh, a rancher coming on that raises wagyu cattle coming on okay. and he's gonna be talking to you about why he switched his herd over to wagyu 
Um, and that's an interesting story. And I've done a whole show on Wagyu, and RanchFreshMeats.com sells Wagyu. And that's one great thing about um, RanchFreshMeats.com is that they have things there that you can't find anywhere. You know, I've said before on this show that Costco has great meat, mm-hmm. and, and they do. And I can just, you know, tell you why. The Costco buys in the marketplace the best quality meat they can find, and the other retailers get the leftovers. And Costco's not afraid to, to book meat. They'll, they'll book ribeyes right now for Christmas, you know, and they'll lock them in. Because they want the best of the best. So gotcha. I tell people all the time they're looking for, you know, I'm not trying to get people to <laughs> buy from Costco, but I'm just honest. They do have good meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sell at ranchfreshmeats.com a lot of things that you can't get there, no. especially Wagyu. Yeah. And, I mean, I tell you, Matt, what was that, that real big bone thing? <laughs> oh, that me? was a Wagyu tomahawk. Son. Yeah. That was delicious yeah that'll impress your friends too yeah that's really you know i think that's a fun thing for a special occasion like a birthday or father's day or an anniversary to give you know especially a man but mm-hmm. you know family give them give them a wagyu tomahawk those yeah. are those are on ranchfreshmeats.com and we do sell we don't sell a lot of them like a few cases a month there's just four in a box but they're kind of pricey but they oh, are man they're delicious they're memorable aren't they oh they're very they're I memorable mean, the yeah. gentleman i had a friend of mine he was here from kansas and uh i pulled out and i said hey i got something special for dinner tonight you know and he's really good he's like you on the grill and yep. smoker and all this stuff he knows how to do all that really good and i pull those out and man he he about died he goes i've never seen anything like that that just looks so good and they were absolutely delicious well just in case our listeners missed the wagyu show or they're not going to hear another food chat about wagyu wagyu means japanese beef in japanese wagyu japanese cow and those animals unlike any other animal in the beef world that god made they don't stop marbling they just keep marbling and marbling and marbling and mm-hmm. longer they keep them on feed and so that's where you get that incredible flavor you know, all right. that saturated fat. It's like bacon, but it's beef. Sure. <laughs> How do people listen to maybe some of the past food chats? Oh, they can go to uh, foodchat.us and find find them. Or they're, if whatever podcast okay. app they're listening on, whatever, you know, everyone has a favorite podcast app. Some people like Apple. Some people like Spotify. Mm-hmm. Some people use, uh, what are the other ones, Google. We're on all of them. They're and you can see them all there because they're all loaded on SoundCloud. That's where they're hosted. Okay. So, But people aren't going to go to SoundCloud, and they don't need to because it's just on their app on their phone. Sure. They type food chat, two words, and they'll see. There's other different food chats out there, but only one that has my name on it, <laughs> right. Greg Bloom, and you can listen to any, any past episode. Right. There. Right. Yeah. Hey, go by Cherry Cricket. Hey, whichever location you want. And just tell them you walked in because you heard about them on Food Chat yeah, right. with Greg Bloom. Yeah, All and right? tell them you want that award-winning burger. You want to check it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And um, food is interesting, and you know what? It makes it more interesting and good for you. And we're all concerned about our health. Hey, look at what we've been through these last few years. I think everybody's trying to eat better. And one thing that really helps that is if you know where your food comes from and what you're eating. Yeah, right. Be discerning. Ask mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, you know, do a little homework. Don't be gullible. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think food is medicine. We put food in our bodies, and I think the older we get, the more discerning we are. I don't know about you, Scott, but I don't eat, you know, at the drive through as much as I used no, to. No, no. I, I mean, I, like I say, yeah. I, n- I n- never used to think about but now yeah. it's just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we know, too, where, you know, we know, like, yeah, I ate the drive-thru, and I'm not feeling too good three hours later. I wonder why. Well, it's because you just loaded your gut with grease, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I think food is medicine, and people need to be more discerning about where 
their food comes from and what they're eating. So, hey, support local when you can and, sure. and ask questions. Well, let's support our local family restaurants as well. That's, that's a great challenge for all of us. And, uh, hey, um, it's been tough on all of us and everyone, but especially the restaurant industry as well. So Food Chat, 1230 to one every wednesday yep and you can find it online at foodchat.us hey scott thank you it was fun to no, talk hey, to you today it was pleasure a to be in with great you, time yeah and uh we'll talk soon all right sounds good thanks for being with us today for food chat today's episode of food chat is brought to you by ranchfreshmeats.com ranchfreshmeats.com has the best selection of beef bison wagyu air chilled chicken turkey and duroc pork and more all sourced from the family farms and ultra clean usda plants that they know personally take the mystery out of where your meat comes from and how the animals were cared for and buy your family's meats at ranchfreshmeats.com hey save 10 percent on your first order by using food chat at checkout orders over two $200 include free shipping. RanchFreshMeats.com. Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring. The turn from green to that harvest honey. Hold one up for the banker downtown. They got him on his feet with handshake of money. Here's to the farmer's wife that loves him every night. Raising a son. Raising a daughter, they gather around the table, send it up to the father. Somehow they get closer when times get harder. Here's to the farmer. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.